The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, powered by RageWorks, episode 352, broadcasting live Thursday, January 4th, January, <laughs> I wish, July 14th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call in number 347-324-3541, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show that airs twice a week. On Wednesdays, we cover MMA and wrestling, uh, starting at 11 p.m. Eastern. Thursdays, we cover gaming and entertainment. Start time is usually 11 p.m. Unfortunately, uh, things got in the way this week to start at 11, so we started at 11.30. couple of announcements before we get into tonight's topics. Uh, first and foremost, you can listen, watch, and chat live by heading over to MTR Live. Dot com. We have a full chat room in there, audio feed and video feed. Our audio is provided by Mixler. You can get a full audio feed in 96K stereo by heading over to mtrlive.com. But you can also download the Mixler app for Android and iOS devices. Punch in my take radio and you'll be off to the races, able to enjoy high quality stereo content on your mobile device. You can also call our call at number 347-324-3541. Not hit option one, and you'll be able to listen to the show that way as well. Of course, for video, we are simulcasting on YouTube Live, Twitch, Vaughn Live, Stream Up, and of course, you can watch those streams on mtrlive.com or on any of those providers. For those of you that are watching the show via Twitch, uh, please note that I do not have the, ch- the Twitch chat open, so if you want to participate with the show Use the chat room on mtrlive.com. That's the main chat room for the show, and you'll be able to participate that way. Archived episodes of this show are available a couple of different formats. Audio in podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Video is released on YouTube, and we are probably going to be doing Vimeo at the end of the month as well. If you're a Vimeo user, you can access the show that way. But, um... A lot of things we got to get into. First up, of course, the announcement of our Game of Thrones contest winner. As many of you know, we have been running a Game of Thrones contest since the beginning of the month. And um, 
over 110 people entered the contest. A lot of great entries, a lot of people just doing what they had to do to win the big prize pack, which is a set of Game of Thrones figures uh, and also a 3D uh, desk sculpture, I guess, if you want to call it, of the Iron Throne. So uh, we went and we chose our winner randomly, uh, courtesy of our friends at Gleam. And the winner of the contest is Aaron. Aaron, you are the winner. We will be reaching out to you later on this evening and you'll just have to send us your address and we can get those figures out to you. Uh, I want to thank everyone that entered, all the people that are following us on Twitter, on Facebook, all the new people that have joined in the conversation. We really appreciate it. We got another contest on deck. Uh, This one aimed at some Deadpool fans. We're doing this in partnership with our friends at Ripped Apparel. So probably we'll have details for that for next week's show, uh, and we will make an announcement probably sometime this week. We got to meet with Ripped to discuss uh, how we're going to do it. We got a lot of stuff, uh, some totes, some T-shirts. We even have a print as well that we want to give away. So really excited for that. Also got a Captain America Civil War giveaway, which I'm going to be working on probably closer to the film's release on home video. And also next week, uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice comes out. Whether you love the film or hate the film, um, you know, it's... It's very, very subjective. For me personally, I have a a love-hate relationship with the film, but the Ultimate Edition, from what I hear, is incredibly solid. I'm going to be picking that up Tuesday, probably going to have a review as well. And because of that, we're going to be doing a Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice giveaway, where we're going to give away the second set of Batman, Superman, Rock'em, Sock'em robots. We're going to put that contest together and launch it this weekend with an announcement being made for next Thursday's show. So somebody will be winning a Batman vs. Superman Rock'em Sock'em robot set. Uh, We're going to give you a couple of ways to enter, as always, via social media, a little fan participation, a little sharing of the contest, all the usual stuff. So we will be announcing that probably this weekend uh, through Tuesday with an announcement made on next Thursday's episode. So keep an eye out for that. Also, uh, another there's something special in the works. Another another podcast joining the RageWorks network. Details on that will be available soon. All I can say is comics, uh, collectibles, typical uh, MTR style. You know, brash, outspoken, uh, in your face. And um, we're going to be doing that uh, announcement probably towards the end of the month uh, with a full broadcast schedule of this particular podcast right now. Uh, it's probably going to be monthly, maybe. Uh, that's where we're at, but keep an eye out for that information towards the end of the month. As always, you can get all information relating to MTR and any of our other shows at RageWorks.net. I did want to answer a question I received earlier this afternoon about uh, the switch over of the My Take Radio feed to the RageWorks network on iTunes. Uh, a couple of things... Uh, that is being changed. The only thing that we're working on is finalizing unified artwork for the RageWorks network. That way, the current feed that everyone is subscribed to for all the shows will become the RageWorks network. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put individual feeds up for the individual shows as well. The only reason we have not done that is because it's harder to stat track uh, each of the shows, how they're trending. It's easier to do it under one umbrella because I can see the numbers for each individual show. But for those of you 
that want to subscribe to individual shows, you can always grab the RSS feed for the show of your choice and put it in iTunes or whatever podcatcher you have, and you'll be able to get the episodes that way as well. There's, you know, there are some, uh, it's a little bit more, le- you know, a little bit more legwork, but at the end of the day, if you want to have those individual shows segregated, you can do that. Um, I know some of you, partic- you know, listen only to maybe TRSS or only listen to uh, Black is the New Black, and I understand that you guys want to have those individual shows. Uh, but the overwhelming majority of you guys like getting all the shows through one feed, and then you guys just pick and choose what you want to listen to. We definitely want to make it fan friendly, and um, you know, for those of you that are still using the My Take Radio app, I know that you know we've been trying to make that app free for you guys. I know it's one ninety nine now. Again, one of those things where you know a lot of work is being done behind the scenes to get that app up and running for us. So we have to charge something, but. That hopefully is going to change within the next couple of months since things with regards to the Android and iOS marketplaces are changing and it's becoming a lot easier and a lot more accessible. So we're going to try and do something with that hopefully in the coming months to make it free. And, um, you know, we're going to take it from there. Uh, as many of you know, at towards the end of the month, uh, My Take Radio turns 10 years old. MTR started uh, July 2006, and here we are, July 2016, still still cranking, uh, you know, on the march towards 400 episodes, so definitely going to try and do something special for that. Uh, next month, uh, Rageworks also celebrates an anniversary, so we're probably going to try and put together something for that. I know some of you guys were asking if we were still going to try and do something locally for all the local listeners. I um, I think there's just a lot, a lot of moving parts to get that done. Uh, maybe, maybe next year we'll try and do something since we're trying to organize a couple of real world events, uh, brawling for boobies being one of them. Uh, as many of you know, we worked with Coleman for the cure. We did a lot of awesome stuff, uh, raised a a solid amount of money over the last two years that we had worked with them. Uh, my colleague at Coleman for the cure, Joan Morris, uh, she retired. So, you know, we have to deal with, we have to work with someone new, um, to to put this together but we want to do something locally i want to reach out to a couple of people that run events in the area do something collectively and really try and raise some legit money i mean don't don't misunderstand we raised some some good money considering that it was all done through xbox live and playstation and you know doing events on a consistent basis i think this time something real world with consoles and stuff set up for people to participate uh maybe some food some drinks uh, trying to iron out the details for it. Um, like I said, it's something we would like to do in October. Uh, I know October is tough because of, of Comic-Con also, but hopefully we'll be able to get something together in October. If not in October, then maybe uh, in the beginning of November. Of course, I will keep you guys posted with regards to that. The other thing, our YouTube channel, for those of you that reached out, that I hate to I hate to be the one to chastise you guys, but you guys don't listen uh, the My Take Radio YouTube channel pretty much has been decommissioned. There is one video left explaining and directing people to go to RageWorks.net and also to subscribe to the official RageWorks channel. Uh, the My Take Radio channel had almost 100 subscribers, and um, you guys you guys really don't listen. Uh, some of you, you know, reaching out, hey, man, why aren't you putting up any new videos, or why hasn't the channel been updated? Well, it's because 
Rageworks is going to have all the MTR content along with everything else. At the end of the day, you know, My Take Radio is the flagship show and Rageworks, you know, is the brand. It is it is what it is. But I know some some people just, you know, either either they weren't listening fully or they just don't follow directions. And, it, it you know, I hate to chastise you guys, but come on, man. We announced that well before uh, we wrapped up episode 350. But yes, uh, official Rageworks on YouTube that is our channel, Official Rageworks on Twitch as well. Um, also, make sure to subscribe to Slick's channel. Slick, do me a favor. Drop your URL in the chat room for people that come in that they can see it. Uh, Slick is running a YouTube channel as well, sharing his content there. And, um, you know, definitely hit him with a sub. Let him know that you're checking out his stuff. I'm sure he would really, really appreciate it. All right. We got lots on deck uh, entertainment wise, we got a couple of things to get into movie wise, and um, I want to get those ball rolling. So let's get to it, shall we? All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is a story that I shared in our Rage Rageworks Facebook group, and it involves uh, allegations that YouTubers were taking. Um, bribes or taking compensation for giving favorable reviews to the Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor game. Uh, A lot of this came out over the last couple of days. Uh, The FTC was involved. Warner Brothers had to settle. And of course, you know, a lot of YouTubers took compensation. One in particular being PewDiePie, who of course was the one that, um, you know, he's the he's the face of this uh, situation and there's a couple of things I gotta say. First off, Shadow of Mordor was a solid game. I played some of it. I really enjoyed it. Did you know? I actually was gonna buy it Black Friday when they dropped the price, and I just didn't get a chance to. But it was a really good game. Picked it up from GameFly. Thought it was awesome. I was like, shit, I should buy this. And I feel that there was no necessity for these guys to have to pay for a review when the game was good. Now, of course, a lot of speculation came about, a lot of discussion across social media about the ethics that are involved and about compensation, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, here's here's the funny thing. Uh, Mortis is saying Rich is getting paid to say, I wish, brother. Listen, here's the thing. The the compensation clause, it's, um, you know, the, the compensation clause was something that was supposed to be stated at this, you know, when you put out a YouTube video, PewDiePie acknowledged that he said that he put it in the description in the YouTube video, but that it was not seen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He acknowledged that there was some some wrongdoing to a point, but that he did his job in explaining that you know he was being compensated in the YouTube description. But as many of you know, as a seasoned YouTube users, you know that the shit that's in the description you rarely, rarely, rarely see. And the thing about it is that while I understand that compensation definitely skews what people are doing, people got to understand this. When you are a content creator, be it YouTube, be it Instagram, whatever the case may be, you are, if you're somebody who really wants to take it to the next level, you want to be paid to do shit. Your celebrities that you follow and you love so much get paid to post shit on Instagram that you wouldn't think. That person that said, hey, this is a really good colonic cleanser. Uh, you guys should really check it out. That person is being fucking paid. That person's being paid. There was actually something that happened. I believe it was 
the the husband of the little Kardashian or the former husband, he actually put out a tweet that accidentally was what the company was paying him to say about a vodka or something. And the thing the thing was that, you know, it got out and people were like, oh, this guy's getting paid to say that. This is the shit that happens. When you're a YouTube content creator, your end result is wanting to get money. Now, am I advocating and saying that it was the right thing to do? Absolutely not. On the contrary, the first thing you should do is say, hey, this item, you know, we're, uh, you know, we are being compensated for this either with a copy of the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's part of it, too. Sometimes we review products and the compensation is the product that we get to keep. That's one of the reasons why I always try to tell you guys and I keep it transparent. You know, we give shit away. We don't want to keep any of this stuff for that reason, because the minute that you're entitled to getting something or keeping something, people are already kind of looking at you a little a little skittish because they think that, you know, you're being paid to say that. And that's 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 a big problem. One of the things that I've enjoyed running Rageworks and MTR and Slick can attest to this is the freedom that we have to express ourselves the way we we need to. Sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes, you know, Slick has had instances where he said that a game sucks, but he also tries to find as as much good in it as he possibly can. And I commend him for that. And, you know, that's that's one of the highlights of doing this job. It's the fact that you got to become a lot more critical. You can't just be on the surface saying that something sucks just for the sake of saying it sucks or you can't even say it that it's good. It's, um, you know, you're going to say, hey, this is this is a good game. And you may have legitimate reasons, but they got to be compelling, too, because it automatically looks like you're getting you're getting a payout or or you're being compensated in some way. And listen, content creators at the end of the day are trying to create content for their audience. And sometimes, you know, opportunities present themselves, which allow them to get compensated in some way. And these are things that we have to be aware of. Now, am I saying that we got to crucify we got to crucify PewDiePie for that? Uh, absolutely not. I think that. You know, he's a guy that was, he, he got a game, they offered him a couple of bucks, he did what he had to do, and that was it. The benefit was that it turned out that the game was good, and nobody really batted an eye. But now it's one of those things where you're going to start looking at content creators, and you're going to start asking, is this person getting something out of this, or are they genuinely reviewing it? And, you know, we try to divulge as much as possible, hey, this is a review copy, or we got a review copy from the, the developer, whatever the case may be, we try to do it as much as possible, but we're also pretty fair in our scoring system, and we call it like we see it. So, you know, we don't all agree on on the stuff that's good and the stuff that's not good, but that doesn't mean that the, the people who are generating that content don't deserve some sort of payment either, because that's the thing. People, people want reviews, people want you to do stuff, but when you do the ask, those same people don't want to don't want to contribute think about this i'll give you guys an example um podcasts not ours but anyone else's podcasts are content that is provided by a content creator to an audience completely free the podcaster has to pay for uh web hosting possibly audio hosting equipment etc these things cost money and the person provides the content with no expectation or, or, or request for payment. But when a content creator goes and says, hey, I'm doing this, you know, if you guys could toss a couple of bucks my way, people people go, oh my God, I can't believe this guy, blah, 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 blah. And it's the, same, it's the same thing that happens with apps. It's the same thing that happens with a lot of services. The minute that you try and find a free service, 
and you get something out of that service, the minute that that service says, hey, you're going to have to pay for this, people get all bent out. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. And it's like, listen, I was I was a big proponent of ad blockers when I was surfing the web, and I still am to a point. But if it's a small site or a site that's on the come up or a site that has some some banner ads, I, you know, I turn the ad blocker off because guess what? That person's trying to get money to keep the lights on, whether it's $5 or $500. You know, content creators are going out of their way to provide this this stuff for you, and sometimes they, they need a little help. So with that said, the controversy surrounding uh, Warner Brothers paying YouTubers and influencers to, you know, give favorable marks for the games uh, for the game Shadow of Mordor, while I understand that it was dubious and I do have to place some blame on the content creators for not divulging it, I also am not going to begrudge the content creators for saying what they, you know, for, for taking a little compensation out of the deal. Simple as that. Uh, I see that our very own Slick wants to contribute, so let me bring him on board. Slick, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Happy to be back. So... What are your What are your thoughts on this? I really think it's weird, just to the fact that they they paid him to say good things about a game that was already good. I mean, usually you you would think that they would do that with a game that's not so good, but right. it is what it is. I mean, if the man really put what's it put something in the description of the video saying that he did receive compensation, then I don't see the big deal. Nobody really goes into that that more section of of um YouTube of a video. anyway, right? And 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 that's the thing. But on the same token, I understand the dubiousness of, of it as well because some people didn't divulge that and they just gave the game a favorable score. And of course, they didn't name any of the other people that were compensated. But of course, PewDiePie, being a guy that makes fucking seven million dollars, you know, in YouTube, I was right? about to bring that up. I was like, some of that's got to be coming from companies. Well, that's the thing, and this is this is goes back to what I'm saying. He he's making money from YouTube ad revenue, absolutely, and companies definitely are more than likely compensating him. But you got to ask yourself, how is this guy going to keep churning out content if he's not in it to make money? You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I mean, just just streaming for someone like myself who streams infrequently, that's not cheap. Nope. No, sir. The equipment is not cheap. Nope. I need a streaming device. Right. Obviously a PC. Right. An internet connection. Correct. A console or gaming PC. Bingo. Or both. And cables. Right. Which aren't necessarily cheap either. Right. All that stuff costs money. I mean, I know somebody who is doing a lot better than me on YouTube, but the quality of his video is not so great because... His streaming device is his PS4, which anybody with a PS4 knows it locks you to 720p, and it's freaking pixelated as hell quite often. Right. Even if you have a good connection. Well, here's an example. I tried to do a practice stream on Xbox One. I told you, hey, Slick, check out the video. What'd you say? Hey, the, the video's good. The sound is fucked up. So... I that already negated me using only a console to stream. I said, "Shit, I need a, I need a capture device. Capture device costs whatever, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever the case may be. You're paying for that, not only for yourself, but to provide the content to your audience. And again, this isn't a question of is it right or is it wrong, but the question is if people are creating content and they and and they and they're get, trying to get money, 
then do you want them to be transparent and tell you, hey, we're getting paid for this? Or do you just want them to put out good content? See, because it becomes a question of putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Think about this. Think about if you decided tomorrow, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to stream full time. You bought the equipment, you were streaming, you made it entertaining, you made it enjoyable, you made it fun, you made it awesome. And then you said, hey, I got 150, 200 views. Hey, guys, you know, if each of you guys could chip in a a dollar, I'd get 200 bucks to, you know, upgrade my capture card or get a better camera or a better video card. And then all of a sudden your subscription numbers drop. Would you are you you know, are you justified in being angry and is the consumer justified in not subscribing to your content because it's quote unquote no longer free? Both are justified. Right. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I agree less with the consumers, but both are justified. One, I'm doing my best to give you the best that I have. Right. I personally and anybody personally will believe that there is a value to that. And they should. The people who are watching this content should also find some value in that. Right. But they're not required to watch it. And that's it. Go either get it somewhere else or just not see it. Right. So, yes, they do have the right to unsubscribe, but it's kind of messed up. Exactly. And they were always there watching it when it was free. Exactly. And that my and that, my friend, is exactly what I'm talking about. Think about this. Um, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk said recently, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how you make it. And it's true. Because, yeah, you could make a shit ton of money, you know, cranking out stupid content that doesn't provide value or you can provide value. And, you know, his philosophy is jab, 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 right hook, provide as much free value as possible and then swoop in with the ask. Think about it. If you go and you give and you do a thousand videos, a thousand reviews of games that have influenced people's purchases, made people feel comfortable buying a game, you become an authority, you become a resource, and you're doing it all for zero dollars. And you turn around and you say, hey guys, you know, um, if you guys could, could chip in five bucks or whatever, it would be great. And then the first message you get, damn man, why we gotta pay for blah, blah, blah. It's like, we all pay for shit. Like, think about this. That cable TV that you're watching, yes, you're quote unquote watching free programming but you're not because each one of those networks has to get money from the cable operator which is coming from you i mean i I shared i shared this afternoon hbo leading with all the emmy nominations and everybody's like ah it's fucking awesome blah 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 guess what motherfuckers you're paying for that more money means more content means better product and HBO is the most expensive premium uh, cable network. Exactly. Think about it. The HBO is one of the most expensive premium networks. But think about the amount of quality original programming that they're able to churn out thanks to your money. Think about Netflix. All that money that you pay Netflix, yeah, you know, you, people get pissed off. They don't update their library enough, blah, blah, blah. How many hours of shit do you stream? People got to get paid. And that's the problem. The uh, you know what a, a YouTuber that has a thousand subscribers and maybe gets a check for two hundred and fifty bucks or or three hundred bucks every six or so months is going to jump at the chance for a company to say, "Hey, play this game. We'll give you a thousand dollars." 
and you know just 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 be be favorable again i'm not saying that's right but i'm also looking at the poor schmuck that is that is you know scratching tooth and nail to keep the lights on concessions are made you know especially when, if you're scratching tooth and nail to keep the lights on there you go i mean you know how many times do athletes go and they shill products that they you that you know they they shouldn't really have any business shilling but they shill it because hey hey say that this fucking uh hemorrhoid cream works and we'll give you a whole bunch of money. Simple as that. You could look up any of your favorite celebrity, and they probably have some shitty commercial in Japan or Korea or wherever of them selling toilet paper or cotton balls or, you know, acne medication. You know? That's hysterical, but it's true. Think, think about that. Even your favorite celebrities who you support, tooth and nail, they took a payday from somebody to, to do something. You know? Well, of course. Look at The Rock, highest paid actor in Hollywood, and uh, you know, according to Forbes, one of the highest paid action stars. People forget that before The Rock was doing Fast and Furious and all this shit, he was in fucking Doom. He wore a wig <laughs> in the Scorpion, Scorpion King. King. He was the Tooth Fairy. Let's let's let that sink in. Let's you know, I like I said, am I saying that it's right or wrong? I, it's 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 interesting in terms of perception. Yes, it's wrong that you took a payout and you didn't divulge that. Because guess what? If you would have said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm being compensated for this review up front," less people would fucking value that review because they would assume that every piece of content regarding that product you got paid for. So they automatically presume that you're viewing it favorably just because you got paid. See what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. You know? All I can say is this. I mean, here at Rageworks, we occasionally get compensated in the form of, like you said, the product. Yep. Tomorrow I'll be doing a video for the Hitman game because the, their sixth elusive target is coming out. Right. It has nothing to do with the review because I've already submitted like two reviews for that game. Correct. But if anybody thinks that I speak highly of that game because Square Enix gave it to me, they should look at my review for a game called Arcania on the PS3, there you which go. I not only received from the company, but I got like a month or two months before it came out. Right. I shit all over that game. Right. I mean, I tried not to, but it, it just was really, really bad. Well, what does that tell you? If a game is good, we're gonna, if a game or a movie or a UFC event or a wrestling event is good, we're going to speak highly of it. Of course. If it's not, we're not give it about the lowest grade we can give it. We're gonna give it the lowest grade. I mean, listen. I recently reviewed a product from Darby Vision, which was made to improve the resolution of your your television picture, and it was a cool product. I I, it was a cool product. I'm actually going to give it away. And um, we went. I went to Consumer Electronics Week, and they were like, "Hey, we saw your review." Um, I said, "Listen, I gave it whatever whatever score I gave it." I'm sure you guys were hoping for a four or a five, but let me explain why that doesn't work. And the representative was like, we really appreciate that. They could have just as easily turned around and been like, fuck you. We don't want to talk to you since you gave us whatever three and a half stars or three stars. Go, go fuck yourself. But they were like, I was like, allow me to explain because I'm sure you're probably looking at my review and saying, we gave you the product. You're keeping the product. Why is it three and a half stars? Well, let me tell you. Because it wasn't worth your price tag. 
that was one thing and then the other thing was that you know if you were doing it to for if you were using it in a gaming environment it wasn't it didn't work according to plan that's it and and they valued that because they were like wow we didn't think that that was something that gamers would look at and i'm like uh, gamers are always looking for a great picture it's kind of integral to the whole fucking experience you know and then it's also it's a good thing when things like that happen and the companies actually try to give feedback to your feedback i recall i forget what game it was but i had given a game a certain score and the developers actually contacted me and asked me, did you see this, this, and this? Did you do this? Right. And I did that, and I had to turn around and change my score. Exactly. And that's a little different because that, that's a dialogue. That's, that's because you're, you're enjoying the experience the way it's meant to be enjoyed. And that's all part of the game. And that's what people don't understand. You know, I see a couple of, of our guys in the chat. I know that they're starting channels. I know that they're doing content. And I'm sure that they'd love to get, you know, a phone call or an email. Hey, we like your content. We'd like to pay you for this or we'd like to offer you this. Listen, I drink a lot of fucking monster. A lot of it. Would I love for monster to call me up and say, hey, you drink our product. We'd love to give you some to drink on air. Absolutely. Or, hey. We want to buy an ad spot on the show as long as you say our product tastes good. If it tastes good, write me that check. But if it tastes like donkey piss, I'm going to tell you it tastes like donkey piss, and I don't want to do it. Because guess what? If I drink it on air and I make a face that looks like somebody farted under my nostrils, people are going to know that it tastes (laughs) like shit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, monster. Just saying. Uh, Anyway, but, you know, at the end of the day, I shared the story People, people said what they said, and you know, I saw a lot of people were, were very vocal about it in the chat room, and a lot of people had a lot of very valid points. But I also tell people this. You may be chastising your favorite YouTuber or your favorite you know, internet celebrity, but remember, IGN, Polygon, all these companies at one point or another got these products also and were swayed to give favorable reviews at some point. Hate to say it. But it's true. That's it. Yeah, well, some of those that you just named have been doing that for a long time and continue to do so today. There you go. Guy is like, hey, this game is a 9.7. And you play the game and you fling your controller out the window. But it's a 9.7, though. Because, you know, X-Site said it was. You know? But um, I want to move on from this a little bit. I want to talk about Pokemon Go. Um... I, too, am playing it. I don't play a lot of mobile games. I'll be 100% honest. But I walk around wearing this Fitbit, and my goal every day is to get 10,000 steps. I don't care how I get them, whether it's walking up the stairs, walking around the mall by my office, walking around my building like a fucking jerk-off. 10,000 steps every day, all the time. So if a game comes out that says, hey, We're going to give you a game that you grew up with that you thought was great during your youth. We're going to give you augmented reality. And fuck, you need to get some exercise anyway. Have at it. I'm going to play the shit. The funny thing is that it's become a cult phenomenon. Everyone's running around. Everybody's showing up at police precincts, churches, finding dead bodies, uh, wandering into cemeteries, every place possible to, to catch them all. And here's the thing. 
People complain that gamers are fat and lazy. And don't misunderstand. Too many of us propagate and, well, let me rephrase that. Too many of us reinforce that stereotype. But I guarantee you, if you love Pokemon, your ass is going to be walking down the street because that's what you do. Somebody said to me, wow, you're playing that? And I said, yeah, I am a fucking gamer. It's like the same people that played Farmville are the same people that are chastising other people for playing Pokemon. Same people that are playing Candy Crush for 27 weeks were chastising people for catching virtual animals. Okay. Okay, keyboard warriors. <laughs> you know, like, at the end of the day, I, I commend Niantic and Nintendo for doing something different, unique, and revolutionary. Nintendo, how many times have we complained about Nintendo not being innovative? Nintendo not thinking outside of the box. Nintendo not embracing mobile. Am I wrong? No, you specifically have said that, but it's funny, though, that, I mean, I couldn't comment on it because I never played it. Right. But the people who had basically said that <clears throat> Pokemon Go is basically a reskinned version of Ingress made by Niantic. But it's like it's like with anything else. You gotta you gotta package the product properly. Right. People did play Ingress. Not nearly as many people played Ingress as played Pokemon Go. Well, let me tell you, damn near the whole world is playing Pokemon Go when the servers are working. Okay. Well, not to cut you off, but think about this: you look up YouTube, you look up Google, you look up Tinder, you look up Snapchat, you look up any of your applications. The fact of the matter is that they all started to some degree as something else. And then they realized, hey, this doesn't work. Let's go with this. Your favorite consoles at some point might have started as something else. And then they were like... Nintendo is a trading card, uh, a playing card company. Yep. Is it SNK that did pachinko machines? Probably. But, But this is what I'm saying. A company that did that all of a sudden. Now... Let me let me put this out there and I, I see that there's you know there's a caller in queue as well. Deadline reported that Nintendo is worth an extra nine billion dollars. Shares went up twenty four point five percent on the Tokyo Exchange and were up thirty percent as of Friday. The game released free to play in the US, Australia, and New Zealand. It has more New Zealand, not plural. <laughs> it has more downloads than any other app on iTunes. So let that sink in. Nine billion dollars. Not million, billion with a fucking B. From a free app. From a free app. That all you do is walk around and try and catch fake animals in somebody's fucking yard and possibly get killed. But you know. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That's a that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but think about it. Think about that from a, from a rational standpoint. A company puts out a product. You know, everybody complains that the company's not being innovative, not being unique, not being different. All they're doing is hedging their bets on, on, on handheld consoles. And then all of a sudden, hey, we got something here and it's kicking ass. Do I think it's, it, do, do, I, do I walk around aimlessly playing it the entire day? No. Do I think it's a cool concept? Sure, because augmented reality is a pre- is is a prelude to a virtual reality experience. Right. You know, it's like VR is yeah, VR is out with because of Oculus Rift and all this shit, but real VR 
is the kind of VR where you put a contact lens in your eye and you're able to watch a concert without leaving your house. We're not there yet, but this is how that shit starts. Am I wrong? True enough. You know, it's like, it's like, no, it's, it's the hardcore Harry shit. Yep. It's like, think about it. Everybody's like, oh man, Oculus Rift, the HTC Vive, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, th- that's great, but that's still baby steps, baby steps. People don't re- people don't think about this stuff. The same people that complain about an airplane being not having Wi-Fi fail to realize that you are in a giant tube being flung across the world to another location in hours, not days, not months, hours. You got to stop and appreciate that shit. People don't do that. No, people actually, I mean, the more, what I'm trying to say, the more we get advances that make life easier and it's the more we advance in complaining. Yep. Hundred percent. I mean, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan said that not too long ago that people just they don't fail to realize how how much cool shit we have because we continue to innovate. Simple as that. It's like it's like it, you know his joke was that when all the smart people die, we'd all be in caves. If every smart person in the world died, we'd all be living in caves. I mean, it's an extreme case, but but I understand the con- I understand the concept. You know, it's sad, but it's true. There you go. I uh, I see we got another caller. I believe that it is probably Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet, is that you? This is Sky Ninja. Dark Helmet still exists, but in a different setting. Oh, God. It's still you. Same, per- same person. Same person. It's still me. There you go. And yes, I'm using the Sky Ninja voice because that's the voice I use for YouTube. It's all right. I, for- I forgive you, but let's not get all weird Tyler Durden fight club weird on us <laughs> oh i understand so no it, it, pokemon is quite interesting well okay slick said slick said not to use the character fine fine <laughs> go ahead <laughs> damn it slick spit it out uh, oh no pokemon go mm-hmm. is quite interesting for a game that's only been out for a week when you consider how how um Obviously, what you said about Nintendo's stock going way up. And if you look around all over social media, you see all the positive stories from it. People are getting out there, and they're interacting, which is what they wanted. Yep. Sure, I mean, you had a little bit of a turf war, but that's mostly online silliness. Yeah, but I mean, the guy that had PTSD that said he hadn't left his house and took his kid to the park and interacted with other people... That's an that's the kind of press you want to get. Yes, that, you know? or there was a story I saw. This lady had an autistic child who like never talked to anyone and very specific routine, very secluded. They um, she gave him Pokemon Go, and all of a sudden he's wanting to break his routine, go out. He's interacting with children, and the children are interacting with him, and the adults right. are interacting with him and taking care of him. And she's, like, being brought to tears at how wonderful it is seeing her son, who has, like, the worst, who he's really autistic, and all of a sudden, hey, everyone's being friendly to him, and he's loving it. And her heart is just like, thank you, thank you for this. Right. And, hell, it's great for even me, because I'm walking around finding all these places I didn't even know existed, just because I'm trying to look for items, and then I'm like, whoa, 
there's a restaurant here and it smells incredible. Yep. Oh, there's this massive church and a huge apartment building that I never knew existed. Well, so it's really cool. Well, here's the thing. Businesses are leveraging it because businesses have, um, you know, I've seen a uh, hot topic, a great example. You show them your, uh, Pokemon go screen. If you're level five or higher, you get 25% off any purchase. Nice. You know, I know a few businesses around. There's a pier near where I work, and the pier. Some of the businesses along the way put up little notes saying, "Hey, we have our lures active, so come on in, enjoy. You know, like food, drink, or whatever, right. while you catch Pokemon." Right. I'm thinking, genius, because but, people will go to those places because hey, lures, and why not? And that's that's exactly it. At the end of the day, you got to look at it like this. You're dealing with a phenomenon that may may fade out in a year or two. It may. But right now, businesses are making money and gamers are actually being gamers and enjoying something on a on a on a purely uh, on a purely fun level. I mean, like like you were saying, you know, people joke around about all the all the teams and all that shit. But at the end of the day, the fact is that Nintendo has an extra nine billion dollars. And this goes back to what we've said before. And I mean, you, you've been listening to the show for a long time. You know the deal. How many times do all of us sit here and say, man, Nintendo, you got all these great IPs. Why aren't you making money off of it? Well, you're making money off of it. You know? Once again, Pokemon saves their ass. Well, it, they it, were, it, they, I felt like they were hurting in the 90s. Then Pokemon came out. Boom! Kept them going strong when a lot of people were shifting over. It's like, screw the Nintendo 64, screw the GameCube. Yep. Went to Sony, but they're like, ooh, Pokemon. And now, right as the Wii, like the Wii U is, I don't know if that's doing well at all, but all of a sudden, hey, here comes Pokemon Go. First, there was the trailer or whatever announcements like a year or so ago. Then it finally comes out, and everyone's like, yes, finally, I've wanted this. There are right. people who are, who are probably not only our age, but even younger, who are all about the fact that they've always wished that they could live in the Pokemon world. Well, this is the closest you're going to get, and it's actually kind of awesome. Well, there's that, there's that concept, but you've got to look at it like this. Augmented reality is being applied in a fashion where you're going to be able to, you know, not only apply it to games like this, but this changes a, a lot of other things. Think about it. Think about playing, uh, let's let's take an example, a game like, and this is going straight old school, take a game like Risk, augmented reality, Oh wow! point the screen, you know, point it down at, at whatever area you're in, there's tanks, everything, your entire area is your map, you know, you're able to control that, you're able to breathe life into a game that was old because of this new technology. Indeed. And that's what happens. At the end of the day, you know, Nintendo, Nintendo's laughing all the way to the bank on something so simple with technology that's already been in existence. Uh, taking it a step further, Nintendo's taking their old NES and repackaging it with 30 games and releasing it. And I every- saw that. Everybody shared it. Everybody's excited about it. Everybody's going crazy about it. And I'm like, you're releasing a Nintendo with 30 games preloaded. You're not getting any other games, but it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I looked at it as... Well, I mean, for the people who are excited about it, sure. But for me, I have a functional Nintendo, and I have most of the games anyway. 
and I have cords to hook it up to my HDTV. So I'm like, right, eh, right. But, but here's for those who those who lost it and want to reconnect. Hey, more power to them. Well, Nintendo is so being smart. Nintendo's being smart in this, mm-hmm. and I, and I'll give you guys uh, some insight. Uh, the Retro N5 was an, a console that was put out that plays NES, Super NES, Genesis, Mega Drive, and I believe Game Boy Advance games. The system costs, I believe, wow. 100, 150 bucks. Uh, Bluetooth controllers, HDMI. You're able to plug it in, but here's the here's the concept. You got to buy the system, pay the 150. For 50 bucks more, you could buy a Wii U, but that's a separate issue. But you're buying this now. You have to go and find. <laughs> find all these retro cartridges which some of them you can find for a couple of bucks here and there and then some are so rare that if you want a particular game you're going to pay an arm and a leg what nintendo did was they pretty much took that company and they shot they cut the legs right out from under them because they created it in an iconic design they took 30 games and yeah right now they're saying that they're not going to release they're not going to add any additional games to it but who's to say that five Six years from now, you can't add something, plug something into it, and upgrade that capacity from 30 games to 60 games, you know? That would be impressive, yes. Here, Especially because a lot of Nintendo games you can finish in one setting. Well, here's here's a kicker. This title, this uh, system, this NES, is $59.99, first thing, with 30 games. It has HD, it's plug-and-play via HDMI. It comes with one NES Classic controller, which allegedly you're also able to use on the Wii U. But here are the titles that you're going to get. You get Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon 2, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike, Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghouls and Ghosts, or Ghosts and Goblins, uh, Gradius, Ice Climber, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Mario... Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Pac-Man, Punch-Out, of course, without Mike Tyson, because this one's Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream, Star Tropics, Super C, Super Mario, Super Mario 2 and 3, Tecmo Bowl, Legend of Zelda, and Zelda 2, um, The Adventure of Link. So think about that. Each one of those cartridges, some are going to be able to be purchased for a couple of bucks. But think about the fact that some of these cartridges are collector's items, and they're 30 40 50 bucks. This is true. The you, one complaint I've seen online the most is, where's Contra? They see the list like, where is Contra? Yeah, but you get Super and C. I'm like, oh, that is a good point. You get Super true. C. True. So I know some people would rather have Contra, but that's a matter of preference. Right. I, I'm, like, I'm fine with either. Yeah, but you get Super Contra. You get Super C. I mean, I, und- I don't misunderstand. I, I definitely, we can, we can pick apart this entire list, but Nintendo just took some of their most iconic titles that you probably are going to, you know, you probably would rebuy if they were on a virtual console for 5 10 and 15 mm-hmm. bucks a piece and gave them all to you gift-wrapped in a small plastic box for the cost of a next-gen title. True, and that will sell because exactly. there are people who, sure, they love the modern, but they also, if they want that retro, and they're like, oh, I don't want to lug all these games around, you've got 30 right thirty right there, boom. Jimbo Slice, he said, uh, fuck Nintendo, no Mike Tyson, no pro wrestling, no Contra. While the Contra thing, obviously, you're getting Super C, 
Mike Tyson's punch out. Obviously, they just took M- Mike Tyson out of it, and they're giving you the one with Mr. Dream, which it's funny because the cartridges now, the original Mike Tyson cartridge-based punch out is so hard to find, especially a mint copy, because they made that switch and they started selling it with Mr. Dream instead of Mike Tyson. I remember um, a guy I used to work with, he was buying you know, the retro cartridges and he bought a Mike Tyson's punch out where somebody changed the sticker and put it, uh, a Mike Tyson's punch out sticker on the version with Mr. Dream. Oh shit. Yep. So that's uh, fucked up. There's no way around it. That is fucked up. The thing, the thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, Jimbo slice mentioned is true pro wrestling. I I was bummed when I didn't see that on the list because who doesn't love that fucking star man. Um, <laughs> RC Pro Am. I agree. You gave us Excite Bike, but fuck RC Pro Am. Necessary, you know. I, I like, like I said, the funny thing is, you get thirty titles. I think that this is Nintendo. Well, that's the reason why there's no RC Pro Am. What's that? It's made by Rare. Aha! Then that explains it. Ah. There you go. Aha! So they're only using a Nintendo. So they're only using Nintendo titles. That's right, because like. Rare Rare got bought by Microsoft. So in turn, Microsoft has that IP in their possession. Wow! Damn, damn, slick. That's that's uh, that's that's a great fucking catch, man. I didn't know that. Now I did. Well, want I mean, the games that they could have put in there are like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Double Dribble. Yep, double double dribble not being there is a tragedy. Now I got. I'm surprised say, the first Double Dragon isn't in there, but Double Dragon Two is the better choice. Right. Well, here's the kicker, and and I'm gonna just use this to kind of close it out. Nintendo and Slick and I talk about this all the time. When people experiment, like with DLC, we're gonna put DLC out for ten bucks. Oh, it's sold. We're gonna put DLC out for twenty bucks. Oh, it's sold. Thirty bucks. It's sold. Fifty bucks. It's sold. And we're just sitting there with our mouths agape, wondering how the fuck is are people being taken to the cleaners by developers. Nintendo is putting this oh, out. Oh, there's a perfect picture for that. <laughs> Nintendo is putting out a console for $60 with all these titles. Think about this. This is just Nintendo. What if they turn around and they did a Super Nintendo like that? Oh, shit. Think about it. Please, if I was I on Nintendo, I, would, I, could, I could take it even further. Right. Different versions of the NES. You have that one that's been advertised. You got a Konami one. You got a Capcom one. You got a Nintendo one. Well, and that's and that's it. Think about it. You you have all these systems that you can leverage. Of course, obviously, you got to talk to developers as well. But Nintendo, in a nutshell, has carved out an interesting secondary market because, as a parent, if you're a parent and you want your kids to play the old school games, you'd have to either a buy a Wii. Look for the games on the virtual console. They may not exist. Or you may need to hunt down retro consoles and buy all the games and then spend an arm and a leg. Now, a new generation of gamers gets classic games for an affordable price. Plus hardware. That's exactly what I'm saying. You have this one little console that has the 30 games. Right. But you could, the same way they sell cartridges or sold cartridges, you could sell different versions of the NES. Like, you can sell the one that's there. You can sell right. one with 30 games that has all Konami games. That's right. Or all Capcom games. Yep. You could even reskin those consoles and, and, and put artwork on them to make them classic 
like they did with the um the uh remember when they did that Nintendo sixty four that looked like Pikachu? Yes. And they charged an arm uh, and a leg yes, for I it. That. So I just I just wanted to put this stuff out there because Nintendo, you know, we, 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 we fuck around with them. We give them a lot of shit. But then they sneak up and just fucking punch us right in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. How long before they release a, how long before they release a Game Boy? But it's the same thing as this Nintendo thing. It has 30 games preloaded. Listen, I have... As that, long as it has Tetris. My, my, my youngest sister... Actually, that would be one of the key things. My youngers, you know, one of my sisters, the the older of the two, has autism, but she is a gamer. And originally, I was very, very against purchasing consoles that has that had disc based games because they would get scratched, and you know, it, it, they weren't as durable. It took a long time before I bought a console that was disc based. But downstairs in my home, she has a top loading Nintendo, a top loading Super Nintendo a Sega Genesis, and a Nintendo 64, and they all work. But, game, you know, and the game's taken ass-kicking. But I'll tell you what, they they are still played, she still plays those probably 75% more than the Wii U that I also purchased. Wow. You know? Jimbo Slice mentioned something interesting. She puts value in those games. That's right. And he mentioned something interesting. A game, The Game Boy cartridges that used to have a thousand games on them, 500 games on them. Remember those? You yeah, go, the, you, know, the, you, go, you buy a RAM cart. <laughs> right, but, but think about it. You go, you buy a RAM cart. What were you paying for a RAM cart back in the day? 50 bucks, right? $200. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 something, bucks. Something ridiculous. Right. So Nintendo just took exactly what we did, repackaged it, and is feeding it right back to us. And yet it works. And and yet it works. So um, before we move on, uh, you know, Dark Helmet, a.k.a. Sky Ninja, has a YouTube channel um, starting to put some stuff out there. It's unique, a little different. Uh, Got to throw them an endorsement, longtime listeners, so um, definitely check it out. Uh, put the link in the... Uh, the chat room, so I can add it to the show notes. DH, I did. It's somewhere up there. All right, I'll look for it. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? Nope. Glad to hear you got. Glad to hear my radio is back. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate you calling in. All right. All right, Don't brother. Forget to catch them all. All right, brother. So yep. Yeah. Uh, Slick. I did want to um have have you involved for the next uh bit of news because I know you're gonna say I fucking knew it. And we're going to laugh about it. Uh, Microsoft and Iron Galaxy have announced that they are releasing a disc-based version of what game? Iron Galaxy? Yep. Xbox One. Which game? No game? No idea? I'm lost, man. Unless you're talking about freaking Killer Instinct. Very good. (laughs) Give that man a prize. Uh, Microsoft and Iron Galaxy are going to be releasing the definitive edition of Killer Instinct. On September 20th on Xbox One, the definitive edition will include all 26 characters from the game thus far, from the game's three seasons, 20 stages, Killer Instinct Classic 1 and 2, the Killer Instinct original soundtrack, and an exclusive gold Gargo skin. Uh, the game will be sold both digitally and in disc format. How much will it be? It better not be more than 59 99 Better. 40 bucks. 
Well, yeah. How long has freaking Killer Instinct been out? <laughs> the Four- Xbox One version. Exactly. So you like get two or three years now. Forty bucks. You get all the special features, all the trailers, concept art, all the maps, etc. Plus, Iron Galaxy will continue releasing content, um, including additional characters rumored to be possibly an another another character from Halo, uh, a Crackdown agent, and possibly Perfect Dark's Joanna Dark as well. So. The reason I wanted to have you here for that bit of news is for a couple of reasons. Killer Instinct has been running running around, like you said, since Xbox first came out in the season format. Continues to be successful, continues to be utilized on the competitive fighting circuit, now getting a disc-based equivalent for 40 bucks. You're going to get, you know, 26 fighters, possibly any additional characters, and I, I got to say... I'm impressed that they did that only because I I really thought they were going to stick to their guns and not put out a disc-based version of the game. Thoughts? Well, I'm not surprised at all because it just means making more money. Right. I would buy it and only play the the first two games and listen to the soundtrack. Right. But that's just me. And... It's like... It's it's not like they're going to... They're going to stop releasing... Which... To me personally, so anybody who likes the game, don't take it the wrong way. Ridiculous characters for the game. <laughs> this is true, but I mean, Mortal Kombat made a hobby of that, has made a hobby of that as well. I mean, come on, Scorpion showing up in Injustice, and um, you know, Leatherface showing up in, in Mortal Kombat. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where I understand where they're going, and they're just trying to have a little fun with it. But I I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, you know, adding adding a Crackdown agent. It's it's kind of weird, but you know why not? <laughs> it, it just I don't know. It just for me again. It's just my personal right. opinion. No, of course they really they really have killed the spirit of the game for me. Anybody who likes it, please continue to enjoy it. Right. I'll be waiting for for King of Fighters fourteen next week. Next yep. month. That's right. I I already I went to pre order that already based on that. I did want to say this. Um, you know, Killer Instinct putting in characters like, you know, Joanna Dark or General Ram from Gears, etc. This isn't new. If you guys remember, a little game by a company called Namco called Soul Calibur put Darth Vader in the game. Put the guy from Forced Unleashed in the game. Put Link in the game. Heihachi Mishima in the game. Yoda. Fucking Yoda in the game. Just just to remind people, because, you know, I saw people complaining, but ah, you're putting in all these non Namco's been around a lot longer, and they did that shit, too. It just it made the, the characters they added in in um, Soul Calibur made a little bit more sense. Like, I could at least potentially see them <laughs> in that game. Like Spawn? I don't see freaking Rash <laughs> from Battletoads in fucking Killer Instinct. Yeah, but that I was don't just see freaking Master Chief lasting two seconds in one of those fights. You know what's funny? I, I I said to myself, you guys put the Arbiter from Halo, but you don't put fucking Master Chief in there. A guy in an augmented super suit, you know? I mean I, I mean in terms of the characters, we could we could break down which characters should or shouldn't be in the game, but it's just funny to me that, you know, people automatically jump, ah, oh, you're putting on it's like Namco did it. I mean, to your point whether it was right or wrong is open to interpretation, but Namco did it way back when. 
true, but also again, in my again, this is just my yeah, opinion. of course, Nashville did it better because they also gave you that freaking creative character that just let people get insane. Yep, I remember with that the creations. Here's here's a here's going uh, somewhat a little bit too insane where they had to edit it, but that's another story. Yep. Oh, that's right. Soul Calibur on PSP had Kratos. <laughs> Thank you, Mortis. I did want to mention one other one. Let's take it way back. NBA Jam, when you could put in a code and play as, as Raiden, Scorpion, right? That was back when freaking, <laughs> what was it? Oh, what company was it? Whoever originally was like publishing Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam, just, yep. they just got Midway. crazy with mixing the games together. Yep, Midway. Midway, yes. That they dude, just really got crazy with mixing everything together. Dude, nothing was better than putting in a code and using Scorpion or Raiden and just dunking on somebody. Or Bill Clinton. I think Bill Clinton was one. Yep. Bill Clinton was one. Scorpion, Sub Zero, uh a guy that was supposed to be Michael Jordan before they got the Michael Jordan license. Um you know the developers. <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy, dude. And this is and we're talking years back. And then there was the very very terrible Super Nintendo version of NBA Jam. Yep, but but that's how it was. I mean, and and, and the, here's the kicker: everybody thought NBA Jam was so revolutionary. It was just arch rivals with a real license. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Arch rivals. Arch rivals cross freaking Mortal Kombat because they use freaking what do you call it? Motion captured faces and stuff. Yep. Just, 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 but I'm just putting that out there. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where characters showing up in other characters' games isn't isn't the most revolutionary thing that's happening. Now, to your point, the core of what makes Killer Instinct special may have been lost in the newest interpretation. But the people that are jumping on the social media train complaining about X character, Y character, Z character, whatever the case may be. Can I hear you? Did you drop out? You cut out for a second. I didn't hear anything of what you just said. I said the people complaining about X character, Y character, whatever character, they forget that these characters have, you know, all this stuff has happened before, you know? I mean, these are the same people that I guess are going to be mad that Akuma is in Tekken 7, right? Same shit. I... (laughs) <laughs> I have no problem with Akuma and Tekken 7. It's a little bit weird, but right. I mean, there's a whole other game called Street Fighter X Tekken. So right, but but you get what I'm saying. no reason to complain. Right, but, but think about it. If you're going to be that direct and complain about, I don't know, General Ram from Gears, which is an Xbox property anyway, showing up in this game, then I guess Akuma shouldn't show up in Tekken. My Shiranui shouldn't show up in Dead or Alive, Right. <laughs> it is what it is. Well, yeah, I, I did. I did want to have you here for this uh, for that news story. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, just um, wrapping up July because we're coming into like the last week or weeks of July. Okay. Especially next week, RPG fans are gonna want to hit the. Um, well, only if they are RPG fans for PS4 or Steam, unfortunately. Uh, a game from Square Enix called I Am Setsuna, right? which is looking very, very good. I'm hoping that I, I get to review that. If so, definitely find it on RageWorks.net. Uh, that's going to be one of the biggest RPGs of the year, most likely. Okay. Um, then uh, there were two, I think two other games that 
Oh yeah, the you sent me the, the thing on it, and I had been watching it myself. That there's this crazy game for PS4 and Steam called Headlander coming out, which is very, very like arcade style for, for some of the older school gamers. That definitely check that out. Okay, and I think that's about it, really, for for um, July. But like I said, next month. You see, again, anybody who's following the site sees all the articles I put out, especially this week with the double mention of geese. You have um, King of Fighters 14 coming out on on um, PlayStation 4 Yep. on August 23rd. Yep. That's definitely going to be something to check out with a roster of 50-plus characters. Damn right. Looks Looks amazing. Loving what I'm seeing with that game. No seasons, no <laughs> having to get fight money, nope. none of that bullshit. You buy the disc or you download it, you get 50-plus characters. You pre-order, you get Nightmare Geese. There you go, which I already chill. did. Which I already did, thanks to that news item you put out. So, um, yep, that that pretty much covers that. Anything else? No, not for, not for today. All right, brother. I appreciate your contribution for this week. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. All right, last bit of the gaming news to wrap things up. 2K and WWE, as we already know, announced WWE 2K17. But earlier today, we got an email with a press release stating that they're going to be releasing a special NXT edition of WWE 2K17, which is going to include a bunch of perks for those of you that pre-order the game. Uh, it is going to be limited edition. Only 50,000 units will be available worldwide. Uh, in addition to the game, of course, you're going to get an NXT enhancement pack, which includes Shinsuke Nakamura, Apollo Crews, and Nia Jax, plus a 50% bonus points for NXT in the career mode for WWE 2K17. You're also going to get a special lithograph by Rob Schamberger and also an autograph by Shinsuke Nakamura. For those of you that aren't aware of Ram Sham- Rob Schamberger's work, uh, look him up on uh instagram he also did a very large mural at e3 uh really amazing artist doing some great stuff with wwe superstars Uh, a lot of his prints are available on wwe.com he's also doing artwork for t-shirts um in addition to that you're getting an eight inch demon finn balor figurine and also you're gonna get a uh nxt takeover london uh relic card with a piece of the mat uh, you're also going to have a superstar on that, so that's going to be really cool. Uh, you're going to get all the pre-order bonuses for 2K17, including Goldberg, and of course you're going to get special NXT packaging, and the game will be available in October. Obviously, it is not going to be your run-of-the-mill $59.99, uh, definitely looking at at least 100 bucks. but there's a couple of things in there that definitely increase the value. I'm not I'm not happy about Shinsuke Nakamura and Apollo and Nia Jax being part of that because that's fucking stupid. I'm sure a lot of this stuff is going to be released uh, piecemeal, but if you're an NXT fan or a WWE fan, I think that the autographed uh, Shinsuke Nakamura lithograph is going to be a cool piece, and I think that the Demon Finn Balor figurine slash small statue, uh, depending. I I feel that it's going to be more action figure than, than statue, but... Uh, it depends. In any case, I think that the, um, you know, it's interesting that they're doing these special editions. I mean, they did the one for Hulkamania, which should have came with a complimentary clan hood and noose, but, um, 
<laughs> what can you say? Um, <laughs> it should have come with that. Uh, you did get that Hulk Hogan pop and a bunch of stuff, so it is what it is. I think it's a it's a cool it's a cool collector's item if you're a WWE fan or an NXT fan. Uh, not not a hundred percent convinced on the price, but we'll see what happens. Considering that the Street Fighter PS4 limited edition box set that was one hundred dollars, I ended up purchasing it on Amazon for a whopping fifty one bucks. Uh, not shortly after the release of the game. Uh, same thing with Street Fighter Five. I also purchased the limited edition set for fifty bucks. You know, a couple of weeks after its release. So make of that what you will. Anyway, that bit of news is going to wrap up the gaming segment for this week's episode of MTR. Let's jump into this week's movies and entertainment news, shall we? Let's get to it. First thing I got to say is for the person that did ask, yes, this is Chong Lee from Bloodsport on my shirt. You can look for that on Round 5's website, shopround5.com, for those of you that are curious. But yes, this is Chong Lee on my shirt from Bloodsport. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was waiting to see who would catch that, but yes, that is him on the shirt. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, the Tomb Raider reboot movie that has been uh, making the rounds the last couple of months officially has a release date. Uh, it's going to be scheduled to hit theaters March 16th, 2018. Um, Alicia Vikander, who was in The Danish Girl and in Ex Machina, will be playing Lara Croft in this brand new interpretation of the iconic video game character. Of course, uh, the film is going to focus on Lara Croft's younger days, much like the games have been doing as of late. So if you are a Tomb Raider fan, keep it locked uh, to Rageworks for additional news, but the film will be hitting theaters March 16th, 2018. In some small screen news, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Malcolm Merlin across all the different DC shows on the CW as John Barrowman has been promoted to series regular, not only for season five of Arrow, but is also going to be appearing on The Flash and DC's Legends of Tomorrow as well. So uh, definitely a nice... Uh, bump up for John Barrowman, who has been awesome as Malcolm Merlin in, you know, all the different seasons of Arrow thus far. Of course, uh, he is the Dark Archer, one of Green Arrow's iconic villains. Uh, I think that uh, John Barrowman is a great addition to the series. I think his chemistry with Stephen Amell is fantastic on screen. Plus, the way he works with the other characters works very well. Also, I think that seeing him mix it up not only on Arrow, but on the Flash and DC's Legends of Tomorrow is going to be very interesting. And who knows, he may pop up on Supergirl as well. So John Barrowman now series regular across a plethora of CW's DC lineup. It was an interesting weekend at the box office this past week um, with a couple of, of new films cracking the top five and the top ten for that matter. Uh, the number 10 film at the box office was The Sultan, earning $2.2 million, coming in at number 9. Was it number 9? No, let me rephrase that. The Sultan did come in at number 10, but let me start from the top. Uh, the Secret Life of Pets came in in the number 1 slot, earning $103.2 million. Animated features during summertime are always a big get, 
and this film is no exception. Legend of Tarzan held on to the number two slot, earning an additional $20.6 million, bringing its total to 81.4. Finding Dory continues to rack up, earning an additional $20.4 million, its total thus far $422.6 million. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates earned $16.6 million. I actually took my wife to see that film. Um, I think she's going to be reviewing it, but I may also put together a review. It it was, you know, frat boy, sophomore humor. It, was, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. But um, I'm shocked it made that much money, I'll be honest. Uh, the Purge election year came in the number five slot, earning $11.7 million, 58.1 total. Uh, the Purge movies, much like the Saw films, are very cheap to make and, um, you know, not shocked. Central Intelligence earned an additional 8.1, cleared the $100 million mark, having $100.8.3 million. Independence Day Resurgence, uh, next, $7.7 million, $91.5 million total. Considering what people have said, I'm shocked that the movie made that much because the general consensus is that it sucked. The effects were about the only redeeming quality of that film. I was going to go see it because, you know, I expected some big special effects spectacle. And then as it got closer to release date, I opted to not even give it any money. So I will see it eventually, just, you know, not in the theater. That's for sure. Uh, the BFG is considered is being considered a dud by most uh, earned seven point six million dollars. Thirty eight point eight total. Uh, the Shallows came in. uh Almost dead last, $4.8 million, uh, followed by the Sultan in the number 10 slot. Not a, um, you know, not, not a bad weekend at the box office. Uh, of course, this weekend we have the brand new Ghostbusters coming out. Uh, keep it locked to RageWorks.net for a review on that film as well. One other movie which many people were shocked at its success considering the subject material was Warcraft. Warcraft in China made a fuckload of money let me let me break it down uh the hollywood reporter said that the 160 million dollar budgeted film lost 15 million dollars at the end of it all due to hefty budget and marketing cuts but in the film in the u.s the film did bomb it earned it only earned 46.7 million dollars but in overseas markets it earned 383.5 million dollars bringing its grand total worldwide to $430.2 million. The majority of that money was made in China, where it grossed $220 million out of the gate. Now, this is this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Obviously, uh, Warcraft, everybody expected it to be this epic saga that would make a fuckload of money here in the U.S. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, all the money ended up coming from overseas, which leads me to believe that the next film... If, if there is one, will try and leverage that and make the bulk of its money in the international market. Uh, it's unfortunate because I thought that Warcraft exhibited a ton of potential. The effects look really, really impressive. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those movies where you thought on paper it would definitely make a fair amount of money, especially considering the fan base. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Yep, Dark Helmet says, Good Lord, overseas markets are where it's at. Absolutely, the overseas market... Is, is It was a huge boost for Warcraft, considering that it was deemed a failure here in the U.S. 
On the small screen side of things, it looks like Fox is going to get into bed with Marvel. As many of you know, Fox is already doing stuff with DC, but now it appears that they will be doing stuff with Marvel as well, uh, focusing on the X-Men property. Uh, it looks like the new pilot that they're working on is going to focus on uh, parents that have a child that has mutant abilities, and obviously they're going to be on the run and working with other mutants to keep the child safe. As of right now, there is no uh, pilot date, but it is going to have Matt Nix from Burn Notice uh, involved. He's going to be writing the script for the pilot and will be serving as executive producer. If you are a fan of Burn Notice, this is something that you're definitely going to be looking forward to. Uh, myself, watching Burn Notice from the very beginning, uh, was very impressed with the work that Matt Nix did with you know Michael Weston and his cast of characters. I'm curious to see what he can do with the mutants of the Marvel Universe and how they can leverage the X-Men license. Not sure about it being uh, a, pro a good fit on Fox, but Fox has surprised me thus far with Gotham and even to some degree Sleepy Hollow. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on this and keeping you guys up to date uh, in the coming weeks and months. It looks like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is currently uh, setting UK theaters on fire is probably going to get a big screen adaptation. Uh, the well-received play has been um, the subject of much speculation, and it looks now like uh, Warner Brothers may possibly pull the trigger on it since they recently applied for a trademark to secure the rights to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in the UK. So with that said, would you guys want to see another Harry Potter film on the big screen? And if so... How do you feel about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child being that film? We already know about the, um, you know, Fantastic Beasts or Magical Beasts. I always, I always fuck up that title. That's obviously a film that takes place within that same universe uh, coming to the big screen. I think that Harry Potter is a very marketable property. And I think that if they can do something with the play, uh, they may have the potential to have another franchise on their hands that's just going to print money. So we're going to watch that very closely. Like I said, uh, you in the UK rights were already uh, trademark was already secured for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. We'll see if that leads to a big screen adaptation of the play. The next bit of news I can't even believe I'm I'm reporting on, but it looks like we are going to be getting another Saw film. As many of you know, the Saw franchise was incredibly successful and essentially created a brand new genre of horror films called torture porn. Uh, we know that we had Saw, we had, um, what the hell was the other one? Ah, uh, shit. Uh, what was the mo Hostel. Uh, Hostel, Saw, all those movies that were incredibly violent, gruesome, and grounded to some degree in, in real world happenings. Um, you know, it looks like Saw definitely is going to get a new breath of fresh air. Uh, it's going to start filming in Toronto in September with a release, obviously, if 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 saw scheduling applies, we'll probably see it in hollow for Halloween. Uh, whether it's Halloween of 2017 or 2018 remains to be seen. But in any case, uh, the saw franchise has been extremely profitable for Lionsgate. Uh, those guys made a ton of money, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, this film follows suit. Again, I, I you know the the saw films had a really interesting narrative, and it had you know, highs and lows in the series. I mean, the first Saw film is definitely iconic when it comes to horror films. Uh, the concept was different. It was unique, and it created a character 
that remains to this day a character that when people talk about iconic horror movie characters, Jigsaw and Billy the Puppet are always tops on that list. So curious to see what they do. I'm sure it's going to have a small budget. It's not going to cost a lot, and it'll probably make you know 50 or $60 million, maybe more, and be deemed a success anyway. Uh, once we get additional information regarding the next Saw film, we will be sharing that with you guys. To wrap things up tonight, we got to talk about the top 10 selling Blu-rays for the week. Uh, pretty pretty decent amount of new titles up there, plus some, some favorites that have been lingering on the list. Uh, in terms of Blu-ray sales, uh, Kung Fu Panda 3, Zootopia, Deadpool, uh, The 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Not Shocked, London Has Fallen, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, Gods of Egypt, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. A couple of things. A lot of those films are definitely great showpieces uh, for home theater. I got to tell you, if you have a high-definition TV and an awesome sound system, you definitely got to watch uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, Deadpool, uh, the 13 Hours uh, Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Even though it was a little over the top, in terms of effects and sound quality, it is a stellar, stellar movie to have. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane was was solid in terms of Blu-ray. Um, Gods of Egypt is a terrible, 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 festering pile of shit. I sat through it and I asked myself, why? Why did you do it to yourself? It is awful. In terms of visuals, it is it has some cool visuals, but God, is that movie terrible. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, in terms of 3D Blu-ray, Minions 3D, not even shocked. Zootopia, Jurassic World still holding on. The Martian, which I'm not shocked about because the 3D transfer of that film was impeccable. And um, Gods of Egypt 3D. It's not even bad that people are buying it on Blu-ray, but you're actually laying out the money to buy the shit in 3D? Why would you do it to yourself? Why? And of course, now with the, uh, you know, the resurgence of 4K players and televisions, obviously, 4K Blu-rays are the name of the game. Uh, Top-selling 4K Blu-rays, Not Shocked, The Martian, The Revenant, uh, Deadpool, Independence Day, because the 4K transfer, whether you love Independence Day or hate it, is amazing. I was really, really impressed with the amount of work that they put into making that movie look awesome in 4K. And uh, Ghostbusters was remastered in 4K, and it does look really good and an awesome transfer. I actually saw that being played in Best Buy recently, and I was blown away that they were able to take a film of, you know, an older film like Ghostbusters and make it look as good as it did. Uh, The Revenant, The Revenant looks good whether you're watching it in Blu-ray or 4K anyway. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely one of those films that when you have a 4K television and you want to show off, that's going to be a film that's going to be good for that. The Martian, like I said, is just incredible, both in terms of uh, imagery and soundtrack. Uh, Great highs, great lows, awesome colors. Um, Not shocked. Like I said, this list for 4K Blu-rays has the exact films that I would have chosen if someone would have asked me. So... Once again, on the Blu-ray side, uh, Star Wars, obviously, no-brainer if you want to pick that up on Blu-ray. Great transfer, amazing sound quality. Deadpool, Zootopia also, um, all great movies. And like I said, 13 hours, if you don't want to buy it, at least give it a rent. Check it out. Like I said, really booming sound. 
a great showcase piece. If you have a, a solid home theater, uh, it's going to it's gonna be great for that. So there you have it. That is actually going to wrap up the entertainment segment for this week, and it's also going to wrap up this week's show. I want to thank um, our callers for this week, uh, DH, Sky Ninja, and uh, Slick for their contributions to this episode of MTR. Once again, the winner of our Game of Thrones contest was Aaron, so we will be in touch after the show is over to get your contact and shipping information to send out your prize. And, of course, keep it locked to RageWorks.net for more contests and more kick-ass prizes. All right, I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment this week. As always, I'd love to hear yours. Feel free to hit us up on social media on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks. Also, look for us on Twitter, Rage underscore Works, or at My Take Radio. And, of course, you can find us on a ton of other social media outlets, including Tumblr, Snapchat, and Instagram as well. If you're on Snapchat, uh, just look for RageWorks. We are there trying to do more behind-the-scenes stuff, little unboxings, uh, studio tours, etc., trying to get our Snapchat presence up and running. Uh, and, of course, li- uh, archived episodes of this show will be available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for audio format. Video will be available on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. All right, guys. I will see you guys here next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for the MMA and wrestling edition of MTR. Of course, we're going to be talking about the WWE draft. We're going to be talking about that Raw and, of course, uh, NXT, maybe some Lucha Underground and the Cruiserweight Classic, which I started to watch as well. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. See you guys next week. I am out of here. Peace.